the American Constitutional Republic. Affairs of State in Oklahoma. The beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics. Ah, guess what? Featuring me, your verbal Viking, Tommy McKay, comedian, political humorist, father of five, former Tulsa mayoral candidate, and your current verbal Viking. Also, always with us, the man with the plan, David Van, creator of Sooner Politics, expert on Oklahoma state government, professional advocate. For those needing mental health care and currently running for state vice chair, and also please welcome David Oldham, founder and scholar at Constitutional Grounds, political leader, educational speaker, and former state of Oklahoma elector. Uh, guys, thanks for joining everybody again. Once again, here we are with 3D Politics. You know, we've got an exciting show, mainly because I've been chomping at the bit to do at least a half hour on the wage gap. I am just, just sit back. For anybody who does a drinking game and they've got all my idiosyncrasies figured out before I do, trust me. Uh, if, hold on. Did I say trust me? Listen to this. And trust me. Yeah, and trust, trust me. And trust me. Sorry, that's Bynum. Uh if I say insane or in crazy, whatever I say, get your drinking game ready because we're going to talk wage gap hard tonight. Are you going to circle back to anything? I will not circle back. <laughs> I'll say it again and again is what I'll do. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, we'll have a constitutional minute, I'm sure, from Oldham tonight. And then David Van has been just yeah. running himself ragged like a Pony Express guy out there all over the place running for a state GOP vice chair. We're going to hear about that later. Now, you know, last week uh, I brought up uh, uh, the, 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 well, actually, we talked about Lankford and how bad it was that he questioned electors and then didn't. And then I said at the time that uh, what's worse than that is um, uh, uh, gay sex and pedophilia. And then what's worse than that is Dylan Goforth, who threatens murder. Okay, and it's been a whole week or more. It's been since last summer. Dylan could have responded. The Frontier refuses to respond. Okay. Tom. I, I think Dylan's enjoying right now living rent-free in your head. That's what I think. <laughs> well, what's fun is that he's uh, living rent-free in my head as a masochist as I thrash right. him each yeah. week. Uh, uh, as they illuminate nothing upon journalism where I show them to betray their very founding as a nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, and apparently you don't have any pull over there, Van, right? Because yeah. you couldn't get, yeah, zero well, pull, Van. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they owe you a publicity a promotional fee for keeping on mentioning yeah, them. Here's what I know. Bad press. Well, wait, yeah. Press? Is that what they think they're getting from me? Oh, my <laughs> God. Are you kidding me? Let me tell my wife. Who 
was it said there's no such thing as bad publicity? I think it was my grandfather. <laughs> okay, there you go. But uh, no, I mean, the, the frontier is like any bad incumbent. You know, G.T. Yeah. Bynum didn't respond. Lankford won't respond. Anybody who really cares will respond. Uh, uh, but they're not going to respond. They think I'm just out for a little promo. But what I know, and we've seen, if cancel culture continues, Dylan Goforth will be brought down in the future, not by me, but by his own damn tweet. You can't go around threatening murder. It's worse than pedophilia. It's worse than gay sex. And it's worse than challenging electors in a presidential election. So anyway, we're going to get into the uh, the wage gap. But before we do, gentlemen, we always like to humanize ourselves. And remember, Oldham, it's it's more important that it's interesting than, than true. But uh, uh, so tell us... <laughs> You know me, I, I had a horrible dream uh, the other day where uh, all of uh, the sports became round ball sports and there were no oval sports. Uh, but uh, what do you say, Van? Uh, you're you, you've been to the Titan train. And if you don't know what the Titan train is, you haven't been in Tulsa long enough. Sure, sure. You the Titan fill them in? Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Well, oh, God, no, no. Oh, Robert decided way back in the 60s that he wanted a basketball program at the university. And he said that it was a way of witnessing to the world because they all opened the sports pages. You know what? He finally got his payoff on all that when the ORU Golden Eagles became Cinderella this weekend. Oh, my. And yes, the Titan train was at, their mascot was the Titan, this giant who's train engineer. They called it the Titan train. So, and then back in the 90s, they rebranded as the Golden Eagles. That was about the time they brought in Bill Self to give him a start in coaching. We all know where that's headed. So, you know, one now of the what's, best coaches in the NFL. What's NFL. better? So you follow that and that's what your personal story of. So are they better than a River Hawk? What's better, a River Hawk or a Golden Eagle? Yeah, I don't know. as birds go, a golden eagle. But <laughs> anything's better than a blue jay. <laughs> My favorite bird. Oh man, I can't believe you did yeah. that. Listen, you know they're in the big dance. This is a good year, and this weekend was my first time actually binging on sports for probably wow. a year and a half. It's been yeah, good. really. I have enjoyed it watching, yeah, NCAA basketball. Now, now have the NCAA tournaments, have they had um, people in the stands? 25%. 25%. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was I was curious about that because it just seems strange. No, that's at the venues. Now, last night at the Maybe Center, there was a huge watch party there, and they had masks on, but, boy, they were crowded. I mean, it really? was a big deal last night. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. 25%. Maybe we could just get a bunch of low IQ people in there and fill the place up. Yeah. That so, way. You mean, so anyway, that's free facers like us, low IQ? No, I'm just saying if you got like, you know, tw you know, 25% of a guy, then you just, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the year for the South Central. They're all wearing masks. I got real ready tonight. What? So Go ahead, three, three of Oklahoma's four Division One uh, men's teams made it, and I think seven Texas teams made it. Okay. I mean, it's it's just this is the year for South Central United States. The Big Ten sucks this year, and probably because they shut them down, wouldn't let them practice or yep. hardly play any yep. games. So there That's are consequences. An excuse, man. Van, I didn't know. I had no idea. Sports follower. 
Oh, you know, this has been my 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 homecoming this weekend. I've always enjoyed uh, NCAA basketball, but you know, I, I'm just sick of politics in general overtaking our sports. You're pretty and, upset about women's basketball going all political, then. Well, you know, well, we don't sport... want women's basketball to turn back into men's basketball. Yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> but generally, college basketball has been more immune to the politics. Pro sports, I, I'm just done with pro sports. Oh for my God, Van, Van yeah. has gone totally off the deep end, all you know the way what? into sports. They're going to have to earn me back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, I, I told my wife the other day. I go. absolutely refuse. I absolutely okay. refuse until they actually put people back in the stands and they aren't creating fake noise um, to try yeah. to make you make you think they're people in the stands. Yeah, and and, and to cover all what you know all the yeah. language that goes on on the but, field. Which I you know, now there's one Catholic school that one particular Catholic school that played yesterday, Georgetown. You might remember the days of Patrick Ewing. Well, right. they all decided to kneel during the national anthem and then got their socks beat off of them, and they lost and they went home. And I, good riddance, good riddance. You know, this is the politics that needs to stay out of this. Damn it, Van, you've. A, we still got to humanize Oldham because he needs it. And then when we get to the break, you guys are going to feel sorry because you're just just wrecking all my time on the wage cap okay. thing. Because okay. I am going to – we're just going to sit back and drink yeah. all, all night right. long when Tom goes crazy. Oldham, what do you got going in your regular life really, though? Well, I've got a dog that just loves me to death. Isn't that nice? Uh, I finally know, became a dog person, so I'm I'm like I can finally go. Oh, isn't that great? I just, you know, they they are fun, and especially it's great. So, um, and she was snuggled up between us this morning, and as we as we awoke, and um, and underneath the covers, head on the pillow, the whole nine yards. So it was a lot ah, of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. You you'll see pictures on that. Is that. just I think just been humanized. All <laughs> you know what? You know what's really he sad? loves dogs. You know what's really sad is that yes. dog has her own uh, Facebook page and has more followers than my wife and my myself. Oh my god! Well, there's no reason to throw your wife under the book. I I I, I can understand more likes than you. God well, yes, I've seen. Sure. I saw yeah. Buffy although, eat although from the table. Grounds is is catching the dog. All right, is it Buffy? Are we talking about Buffy? Yeah, that's Buffy. Okay, my God. I've seen Buffy. Look, I, I don't, even though I love dogs now, it's only recently that I've been humanized. But I mean, uh, I love dogs now. And uh, <laughs> I got to get, it's a thing. But I saw Buffy eat from the table, which for me, yeah. I'd be like, get that dog. But Buffy's like, can I? Would you mind if I sit here? You're like, oh my God, what is this? Dog's the cutest thing I've ever seen, really. <laughs> I, I know. So it's like he... you should just feed the dog. I mean, God, just sits there. Where'd you get Buffy from? Yeah. Oh, it's it's Lori. She's had yeah, her for come years. On. Oh, come, puppy. come on. Oh, okay. You know that. So Buffy's finally accepted you into the household. That's what it Immediately. Oh, long accepted me. Immediately. Haven't you seen the picture? The dog sleeps right here. <laughs> Yeah, she sleeps on my shoulder, on, on our heads uh, at night. Also, that's awesome. So it's a lot of fun. 
good. <laughs> Can you believe we have spent all, nearly 15 minutes yeah, humanizing ourselves? Yeah, we can spend 15 minutes doing just about anything. Well, this is, this is important <laughs> because a lot of people need to know that we don't know each other outside of Zoom. <laughs> Right, right. We only know to like just today. I found out my God, he's got a dog. He likes dogs. <laughs> and you've known it for ages. Well, no, I knew it, but tonight's the first night I've admitted it. This is how you keep the romance alive, Oldham. <laughs> Oldham, I got to tell you how nice Tom is. I, I I met up with him the other night. We went out to to, to work on a few oh, things. No, and he bought me an iced tea, oh. and then he spilled it on my brand yeah. new laptop. You know oh, why boy. I did that. <laughs> You know why? You know why? Because the first thing Van did was put mustard in his tea. He was I like, "It was a packet of lemon sauce." Who, who thinks? Who thinks? Pack, who thinks that? Uh, oh look, I'll put mustard in my tea uh, that Tom bought me. One pop is all I made it in. I caught it. So oh, I totally anyway, so I was like, "Well, I'll oh, just wow. dump that tea on his." No. <laughs> I haven't done full Biden yet. I still have a brain. <laughs> oh, falling! You see, I have, I have started forgetting. Things we're never going to start. What? Well, it, it just—I got to admit this, folks. I've had some problems forgetting okay. things. It started the other day when I turned forty. So I'm just letting you guys know. So you're getting better at forgetting things, not worse. Right? Yeah, he's got yeah. lots of practice. Way, way better. You know, I don't <laughs> suffer mental illness. I enjoy it. <laughs> wow so uh so we are i am going to try to bring up a couple of people you've worked with van in the in the past zeno the philosopher and um and then uh the other guy uh, uh oh yeah alexander hamilton who uh was the federalist papers you've heard yeah. i remember you work with him Back, well, yeah, until he took a bullet. That back, he did. You know, he had, I don't want to humanize him, but uh, <laughs> he was my least favorite of all the founding fathers. Oldham, just yeah. hold your breath. Ladies and gentlemen, you're still listening to the humanization of 3D politics. Tom McKay, your verbal Viking, David Oldham and David Van. Thank God they're here with me, or I'd be here by myself, and that'd be even worse. Norm would be like, I got to go. So, uh, yeah, here we go uh, with all of that stuff. Every week, 3D politics right here on Facebook Live. You're going to find Van over there at uh, SoonerPolitics.org. You're going to find Oldham at ConstitutionalGrounds.com uh, and me, Tommy McKay, uh, the Verbal Viking at VerbalViking.com. Uh, now, there's this story that I've been chomping a bit from last week to talk about. Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum signs pledge to close the gender pay gap. This is by Cassidy Mudd, which means I can't do anything to her name because it's just already there. Uh, and that is she's she's from KT. UL staff, March 10th. It was on a Wednesday, and she writes, or Cassidy, it writes, Mayor G.T. Bynum is working to eliminate the gender pay gap in the city of Tulsa. Bynum, along with the Mayor's Commission on the Status of Women, launched the Tulsa Pay Equity Pledge Wednesday morning. That was March 10th, 2021. It's a voluntary, employer-led initiative to ensure equal pay for Tulsa's workforce. According... Yes, sir. 
Oh, so he's concerned about who I hired, not who he hired. That's correct. And we're going to get into this. This is a very short thing. I want to read just a little further. We're going to talk some more. But according to the commission, now the commission is the mayor's commission. Uh, what did I say? The mayor's commission. Let's just bring it up right now. Uh, the city Tulsa commission. Uh, there it is. Okay. Can you see that, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the mayor's uh, commission on the status of women. Oh, there that's they such are. A sexist thing. Where is their gender equity or their you know, sexual equity? Isn't it amazing? I was going to mention no one of there. Well, Sorry. did you read my notes? <laughs> that's right. There's no men. This this was in, in, literally my first uh, comment on the, the mayor's commission on the status of women is that there are no men on the commission. This is literally sexist. I mean, there's not one set of testicles anywhere in sight. Well, even the commission itself is a sexist commission because it's only concerned about women. Well, I mean, sometimes you'll have an organization like the Boy Scouts, and 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 as long as they let women in, they're not sexist. But here you can see there's there's not a there's not a man on the commission. But private groups can organize around. That's called freedom of association. This is a state or a city government entity, and it's showing sexism. Right. And you'll see here now, I thought, uh, Van, you might be able to teach me something here. This The commission acts as the central clearinghouse and coordinating agency for activities and information relating to women. Not me. <laughs> but the commission acts as a central. What is a clearinghouse for activities? It's meaningless. And I mean, no. Now, Van, that's sexist. And what no, about? No, there's no statutory framework. There's no agency deal that says this is, you know, anything has to be cleared by this bunch. To call it a clearinghouse, uh, until you I, actually show me statutory language. I leak out. Well, thank you because I think thank you for taking my question seriously because I thought that was ridiculous. Clearinghouse, it literally means nothing to me. Clearinghouse for what? You get clearinghouse? What are you doing? They get to spout off their mouths. So here, the work of the commission, these fine ladies, they stimulate research in the area of women's legal rights. Now, Oldham, what's different about women's legal rights than anybody else's women, uh, women than my women's rights? <laughs> I mean, how are women's legal rights different than men's legal now rights? Now you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to ruin my constitutional minute. But, um, no, well, don't kill anything, nothing. but remember, no, no, I'm no, doing no, this for the next nothing. half hour. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, absolutely nothing, because we all have the same rights. Thank um, you. And, and it, that includes the right to negotiate for our salaries. So if women are better um, than men. No, then, they've you know, they got special more. rights. They've got immunity from the draft, and men do not. Do they? They have Even immunity now? from the draft. I couldn't remember because there was a while there that they were talking yeah. about not. But, um, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. They don't have to too. register. They can get student loans without registering for selective service. All the men yeah. have to in order really? to get government assistance. Yes, or yeah. even a Pell Grant. Hmm, maybe we 
need to think about some things. So, yeah. so back to the work of the commission, because it's a fine commission, and and, and, uh, and, and and there they are. You know, they're beautiful, and there they are, and they're going to stimulate research in the area of uh, women's legal rights, which are somehow different and uh, not equal. I, I, again, I thought women were equal, but here in the area of women's legal rights, they're not equal because we got to do some research. Educate the community on the status of women by publicizing in all appropriate ways. <laughs> what I mean, anyway, so I mean, listen, I don't even know what that means. In all appropriate ways, they're going to educate the community on the status of women by publicizing information on women's rights once again. And I got to wonder here, what are women's obligations that they're going to publicize? Can you guys... Being not women come up with any obligations you might think a woman would have because no. not, uh, this, not this group. Not, <laughs> be, well, be, I've already women. established that they've got certain privileges that men don't. So obligation would be not to further exploit those privileges to the detriment of men. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but uh, they still continue to believe that um, uh, somehow women are different. They're going to review the range of services available to women to enable them to fully contribute to society through their homes and participation in community life. So here, the work of the commission from G.T. Bynum of these uh, fine ladies here is to literally insert the city in into the homes of the women in the community, which is kind of bizarre to me to think that G.T. Bynum, these ladies think that women are unable to fully contribute to society. Okay. Van? So the, these women now are going to speak on behalf of all women. That includes my wife, your wives, my daughter, everybody's daughter. Right. They're going to determine what's in their best interest. So these are important women, evidently, because they are endowed with the power to uh, for social architecture further in our town. I just want to know if any actual city money is being spent on this agency's work. Well, well, well. So we'll move on here because uh, uh, we're all bored. Committees that they have are the pinnacle wards. And if you look at those, that's an interesting uh, that takes us past sexist. Uh, there's all sorts of legislation and health and women in business. And now uh, back to this Cassidy Mudd article, because the pay equity feature here is um, uh, the article that Cassidy Mudd was. Uh, and she says, and this is her. This is from Cassidy Mudd, KTUL, March uh, 10th, 2021, referring to this uh, uh, commission that we were just looking at. According to the commission, women in Tulsa County workforce participate at the rate of 73.8% and make up 51.2% of the population. Now, it took me about eight rereads to figure that out. To, to help you get there faster, 51.2% of the population is your standard science on any male-female human population. Basically, there's ba about half men, half women, and women make up a little bit more than half of the, of the 
human population. So the idea that um, 51.2% of the population is made up of women in Tulsa County is literally just, you know. The norm. The norm. Oh, thank you, Oldham. The norm is what they call that. Tom. Hi, man. I think one of the important things that might be worth taking some time is to do a little research on these people named to this. Because I want to tell you, Mary Fallon, about eight years ago, formed a similar commission statewide. And one of her choices from Tulsa County County was one Nancy Rothman. Nancy, who I worked Mm -hmm. with in the Republican Party, um, Mm -hmm. who lied specifically on a committee I was at where we voted down any proposal to support abortion. And she gave the report that we supported abortion rights. Nancy, who Michael Bates in Bates Line has a great article about how she was sanctioned by the courts because she's embroiled in a divorce uh, custody matter. And she took one of her clients and hired him, paid and offered him money to plant child, to plant pornography in her ex-husband's or estranged husband's home while they were fighting over custody of their daughter. Uh, fortunately, mm. that uh, man who was offered this went to the prosecutors. I don't know why she wasn't disbarred. Several attorneys are upset. But this is the kind of character of women we sometimes get on these committees. Well, you know? okay. I mean, sometimes that may be true. Uh, uh, what I what I know that the Commission for Women is perpetuating the stigma of women's inequality. Yeah. They continue to go on and on about how women can't make it, and we're gonna have to have somebody else uh, help them. Uh, in yeah. fact, it's it's a very paternalistic attitude that the Women's Commission has about women's ability to contract for their own wage and labor. They think there needs to be a daddy to come in and say, oh, now my daughter's worth more than that because she's got a vulva and a uterus, and you're just going to have to pay her for her means of production that we co-own. So uh, according to the commission, women in Tulsa County workforce participate at the rate of 73.8%. Now, this is the kind, math is hard, ladies. Math is very hard. Tulsa County Workforce. (laughs) Tulsa County Workforce. They're talking about women in the Tulsa County Workforce. Define that, okay? And then it says percentage of women in the county. And and that's like 51% of, that's okay. That's norm, as Oldham said. Then work participation rate. Right. 73.8%. What does that mean? Nearly three quarters of the women in the county are working. Who can work are working. Yeah. Are you sure that's what that means? Or does that. Well. um, Or does that mean that. Nowadays, you can't take English for English. That's the problem. Well, not only that. That's what the words mean. Is that that they have a nearly three quarters. 73% participation rate in other words of people eligible to be working 73 percent are and see i i was i was thinking what that meant was 73 percent of the people working in tulsa county are women wait a minute Um, no why why is i don't do numbers why is it somehow a status that a person has to go put in so many hours a week 
What about the privileged who don't have to work, even though they're able body, but let's say people like I've always wanted my wife to be at home. Why? Because I didn't want to get dependent on two incomes and she wanted to raise the children and homeschool them and that. Okay. That's a privilege that she enjoys. You know, I'm not making her go out and say, but listen, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I know there's some very competent women. You two men are married to very competent women. I would rather see people like that on these committees. But I'm just saying, historically, these committees are not impaneled by the best and brightest that they claim to represent. Well, the problem, because because this is all kind of a, a, a fascistic uh, a viral uh, mutant of the minimum wage group rights concept yeah. uh, for the for the the sexist feminists, yeah. uh, Van. When if you earn the wage that provides for your family to where your wife doesn't have to work, then she's under your thumb and you're making her do stuff. But if if your wife makes more than you and is the breadwinner, you're living off your wife. All you are is a sponge. You're just a dependent. So there's no there's no out for the for the fascistic group uh, uh, theorists here. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? Part of a man's sense of accomplishment and self-esteem is, is he a provider? Okay. In you mean life. put the woman under your thumb. That's what you mean. <laughs> oh, God. It's hey, there's plenty of days I would like to say I'm going to stay in bed and stay in my pajamas. Uh, and, woman, you go work the nine to five. I told my wife, I'm going to put you under my thumb. Can can we do it maybe this Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm I busy. Mean, guys, <laughs> okay. I, I'm just telling you, I'm so full of cynicism about paying like this. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Hey, you're listening once again, quite obviously, to 3D Politics with me, your fine host, Tommy McKay, VerbalViking.com, along with David Van from SoonerPolitics.org and David Oldham from ConstitutionalGrounds.com. Uh, hey, we're going to come up on a hard break, which we always try to work in. But I got to tell you, uh, and we're going to move through this because I got a lot more to do. Uh, it, Oldham, one of the things that uh, you and I agree on, and I'm sure Van does too, and this is the problem when they talk about ladies' rights, uh, women's rights, is that they continue to pretend that there's something that has to do with group rights. But literally, we are not guaranteed group rights. Yeah. We're guaranteed individual rights. And one of the reasons we're guaranteed that is because uh, anyone can be kicked out of a group. You don't get to pick the group. The group picks you. Stay tuned, please, for your, <laughs> what do they call it? Uh, 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 station identification is what they call it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. It is our station. Our station is 3D politics. 3D politics. That's what it is. <laughs> the hub of the universe. The independent voice. Finder of fact. A verifier of truth and promoter of the arts. There's your curveball. The presidential seal. There it is. Who wore it better? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again. Tommy McKay, your fine host, Verbal Viking, theverbalviking.com. Find it out there anywhere you can. It's the amazing show, 3D Politics, the only place you can find freedom of speech these days without a program director breathing down your throat. 
David Van from SoonerPolitics.org, a finger on the pulse of all things state. Plus, he's also running for the state GOP vice chair. And then, of course, David Oldham, founder and scholar of Constitutional Grounds. Dot com political leader, educational speaker, and former state of Oklahoma elector, United States Electoral College. So here we are chewing the scenery on this uh, wage gap routine. It's not group rights because we don't have group rights. And uh, remember, where wage is concerned, he who pays the piper calls the tune. Okay, so the commission wants government to call the ladies' tune. For some reason, the, the, the Women's Commission from G.T. Bynum is being told that women are unable, like men that have agency, to uh, go ahead and make their own deal out there and, 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 and bargain for a wage uh, because uh, they need a paternalistic daddy like a city government to come in and make sure that my daughter gets a fair wage. Um, now, one of the problems with G.T. Bynum and his data-driven dr concept, and this is the problem with the wage gap idea, is, is that they, um, they have used mathematical extrapolation to come up with the concept that a woman gets paid 16 cents less. And they use the term to every man's dollar, which is clear hyperbole from Cassidy's uh, Mud, Cassidy Mud, who wrote the article, uh, despite this, women still only earn 84 cents to every dollar earned by a man. Well, that's just absolute hyperbole. Every dollar earned by a man, that's a damned lie. Uh, and a man, a man, Every man, no, that's a damned lie. Science tells us that NASA uses observation, not extrapolation of mathematics, to, uh, uh, to, to discover galaxies. Let me just show you this real quickly. I hate to bore you guys, but I worked hard on this, okay? New Horizons uh, spacecraft data shows there are far fewer galaxies in the universe than previously thought. Now, how did they come up with that? Well, the way that they came up with that was new measurements of galaxies are less plentiful than suggested. Well, how did they suggest them earlier? Well, Tom, that's a great question. The earlier estimate was extrapolated by mathematics. It relied on mathematical models. <laughs> To estimate how many galaxies. And you know what they found out? There are fewer galaxies than they thought. And you know how they did it? By observation. And so what I'm asking you ladies and G.T. Bynum and his wife, show me the woman who works for 16 cents less. And she's exactly, exactly the same according to science in every other format. I mean, Tom, these are all numbers that are way beyond our even ability to comprehend. Number of galaxies. Well, I used to think there were 800 trillion. Now I only think there's 700 trillion. I'm just speculating. But but what we know is that NASA goes by what is accurate, and they use oh, observation. They're NASA. They can speculate. They go by like, observation. Oh. Van, you can't argue with those. NASA goes by observation, not mathematical extrapolation, because it's more accurate. Remember what we got from Obama's New York girlfriend? Okay, Obama's New York girlfriend, this is back in 2012, 
Obama's New York girlfriend was a composite. That is, she was extrapolated <laughs> from mathematical uh, calculations. Now, listen to this. Not only did the, the article talks about one of the more mysterious characters from President Obama's 1995 Obama uh, autobiography is the so-called New York girlfriend. Okay, the New York girlfriend was a composite. She was built by mathematical extrapolation. You cannot show me the girlfriend, but you can produce her on paper, which is much like the wage gap. Now, just as an aside, look how fun this is. Editor's note. They have, look, listen, this is worth 15 minutes. Watch this. This is from Politico, okay? And this is the editor's note before they can even get the story started from 2012. Editor's note. The Listen to Talk about an apology. Ted Kennedy couldn't have done better than this. The original version of this post inaccurately stated that Barack Obama had not revealed creating composite characters in his book, Dreams from My Father. That is, we didn't know he was lying. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> and then way listen to this spin. This is like gymnastics of the finest. An update to the post was added that Obama had acknowledged using the composite characters in a reissue of the book so obama called him yeah obama here's where an update to the post was added because obama called him and said listen bitches i did say it in a reissue of the book okay not the first one then politico has to go on when Politico Langer learned, what if Trump could have said, when I later learned? You know, <laughs> but no, Politico gets to later learn that Obama acknowledged in all editions of the book. I'm sorry, this is so good. When Politico oh. later learned that Obama had acknowledged in all editions of his book using composites, the incorrect information was removed from the post and correct. And a correction was added stating that Obama had, in fact, disclosed using composites in the first edition of the book. This is so hard to read because they are upside down trying to make uh, excuses for he lied. We actually reported it. Then we took it back. But then we found out we didn't really lie because yeah. he didn't lie and we didn't lie. And, the, and they, then they said the correction should have been included that the inaccurate information was removed from the post. Tom? If I get audited by the IRS, my story is going to be I use composite numbers in my filing of my taxes. Or if a nonprofit, you can use double line, double bottom line, double bottom line, which is like whiteout. You know, there is not extrapolation of models. How we have how how we've had COVID uh, scare. That's right. Close down of businesses and things like that. How we have the 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 global warming now global weather climate or whatever change. they're calling it climate, climate change. right they, right in other words weather and yeah. and because that was all extrapolated and it turned out it was extrapolated as a lie for political purposes and now we're seeing the same thing now mind you NASA NASA is doing the same thing it's especially prevalent at the federal level and their observations are just to get them new extrapolations yeah just like we've seen with covid and and the cdc did has does the same thing on safety of whatever yeah it's all just extrapolations because they're absolutely sizes are really 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 and and, and listen you could use actual real factual numbers and it would still be 
extrapolation wrong. I'll give you an example. This is simple. This is quick. Uh, one day we had a cold front come in and the temperature dropped 16 degrees in one hour. I said, at this rate, life will end on earth within three days. Take cover now, okay? Because we were descending at that rate. Absolute zero, right? Yeah, you know, so that's extrapolation based on real data because I used real data. That's right. I remember Gary Shore back in the day, if it drops 600 degrees out here, we're all gonna have a hard time getting home. <laughs> Hell yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was asking my wife politely because she runs a household. And I said, you know, what do you think about this wage gap? And she said, no gender matters. I was like, what does that mean? No gender matters in the service industry. Like Freemasonry. She's like, I don't care what gender you claim to be. Uh, can you fix my AC? You know, the, the question is, if you can do the... The, the, the idea that you're hired and fired based on your gender is ridiculous. Here's what's insidious. Equal opportunity employment laws already exist, and even G.T. Bynum recognizes this. But still, we got to do more. Why is that? Because it's, it's fascistic, collectivized progressivism. It's like Zeno's paradox. Now, yeah. Van, you used to work with Zeno's, right? Uh, Zeno... Yeah. Yes. Zeno, he's the. Uh, I knew his uncle. Okay. Okay, Zeno, he's the he's the ancient philosopher, and he's the guy that came up with the idea. Before you go from point A to point B, you got to travel halfway there, mm -hmm. and before you can get halfway to that, you got to travel halfway there. And as we know by mathematical, data-driven government, we know that G. T. Bynum can always use data to mm -hmm. to inflict a progressive caustic government that never stops moving us you see yeah. he can always caustically say it's never equal enough yeah. because according to zeno's paradox and and gt bynum's idea of uh, of his fascist see it's all fascistic with gt bynum because government's the the, where we collectivize collectivization right. is is always socialism in one form yeah. or another but with gt yeah. bynum it's always fascistic because it's yeah. the government uh, 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 uh paternalism go ahead yeah. man because remember the axiom that politics are always downstream from culture this is gt yes. bynum trying to change culture and he does right. so with shaming and i guarantee you shaming is going to be his number one tool in this well, that's what he used in the "Don't Let Your Children Play in Rainwater." Absolutely, uh, all parents are bad, and I—I've noticed yeah. he hasn't moved oh, into city government. Are bad. <laughs> that's right, because seventy-one percent of Tulsa parents are bad, and and notice he hasn't fixed the school system like he said he was going to <laughs> four years ago. Remember, Thank God. city <laughs> now, Van. Trying to hammer the man. <laughs> no, thank God. So, yeah, I know you're right. No but, but remember yeah. what the man said four years ago. He's going to yeah. nose into the, the city government. It's not even right. his business. Now he's nosing into my wife's business. Right. She runs yeah. a house around here and she yeah. contracts for her wage. But GT Bynum and these fine ladies are going to fix that too. Right. All okay. I'm saying is anybody who understands constitutional separation of powers knows that G.C. Bynum has no input over our independent school districts. 
And I knew it. it as he should. Why? And why in the hell is GT Bynum four years ago claiming he wants to get, he's going to fix this, the schools? I mean, he, to get elected, absolutely. he needed to make a claim. Okay, so what was going on four years ago? The teachers were in ascendance. They they were they were there was all this big push for new taxes, all for yeah. them. It was all about the teachers. Yeah. And the guy is smart marketer. And so yeah. he took that panderer is what you call it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I mean hold him, it's a it's a he's a panderer. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, but that's smart marketing, right? That's that's well, yeah. the short term, short term, correct, short term, short term. I, I was just today talking to several of our mental health uh, policy leaders in the state, and I said, there is not a single politician in Oklahoma City that I have any confidence in that will change anything on mental health, but they'll all run on it to look compassionate, and they're not going to do a thing, period. No, they run to get elected. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's about it. Uh, yeah. So there are already, again, the, the, the reason I bring up uh, the things that are already there, like the equal opportunity employment laws and the HR departments that are already there, uh, is to uh, understand that the wage gap theory is simply a viral mutation of the minimum wage concept. It's all fascistic where Bynum is concerned. Uh, once again, you hear the intercom whistle to let you know that you're listening to the 3D Politics every Monday night from 7 p.m.-ish with David Van, SoonerPolitics.org, David Oldham, ConstitutionalGrounds.com, and me, Tommy McKay, your verbal Viking, verbal Viking. Dot com. There are HR departments that have standard salaries and ratings, experience, tenure, and ranks, and wages are not arbitrary minimum and maximums. They, 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 they are based on business models. You, they, you don't just walk in and say, I have a uterus. How much do you pay? Uh, furthermore, wage has to do with assessment of risk. Okay, assessment of risk equals wage. Why does GT Bynum want to get in between my wife's ability to contract for her own labor? Right. See, he wants to. Yes, sir. No, uh, that's a good question, and that that is the very reason that yeah. this commission exists. Ultimately, let's yeah. let's face it. Yeah. What it is is to is to find excuse and convince the public that there is excuse for government to be inserted right. into where they are not allowed, and that is the con the contractual agreements between individuals. You and are correct, my friend. Dictate that. So yeah. they probably even say it in their in their um, here in their goal. Look at this. Here's the here's the pay equity leaders according to the the commission. These these fine fine ladies, which. And so, yeah, and so, and look, you can look, you can pay equity, and they discussed it. This is the this is where uh, Cassidy Mudd got her information. Uh, what is pay equity means compensating employees the same when they perform the same or similar job duties? Yeah. Okay. Go but, ahead, Van. Yeah, Tom. The number one impacting difference between men and women in the workforce is. Men tend to stay in the workforce uninterrupted. Women enter and exit the workforces because they do prioritize family needs, which sometimes means, hey, let's take a break. Or 
they're able to get by on one income and they the couple decides to do it this way what this panel is wanting to do is say no i can enter and exit all i want and i get to just pick up where i left off and that's not the way business runs we reward consistency yeah you know? the idea that females are paid according to the uterus or not uterus leaves out the idea that wage is not just an arbitrary number picked by the people who pay. Wage is based on what the product will support or service will support in the market. Everything yeah. was reverse engineered. Here's what this is worth to people who will buy it. Yeah. And then you back into the wage. You yeah. don't say, you know what? Today we'll pay $800 for people who make a $20 widget. You know, it's right. like, but, but it's Tom, literally didn't work that way. If, if a woman leaves the, the workforce as, say, a department manager, I'll be very ambiguous in this. And then two or three years later, five years later, she comes back and wants her old job as department manager. Well, they filled that job because business needs continuity. And now if she has to come back as assistant manager, is she saying she wants full department manager wages? Because that's what she had three years ago when she quit. Well, that doesn't work that way. And this is important. It's a distinction between men and women as a group in their continuity in the workforce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's called E-PUT, e E-P-U-T, event per unit time. It's like sales. If you're there making sales, then you get paid. If you're not there for a while, you don't get paid. My next door neighbor is a construction guy. He's like, da-da-da-da, and I couldn't work. And I said, and if you don't get work, you don't what? Get yeah. paid. But if you're you not know, there, hold them. Hold them. What do you got? Well, let's also understand because, because again, not only is the government trying to insert itself, yeah. but the, what they're going to accomplish from this, and, and, and it all comes down to marketing and selling the idea, but is, is a, a deprivation of both the employer and the, and the contractee, the, the worker, to contract their own, their own wage more or less as the market would bear they're they're trying to do that and what it does it again effectively sets up a bill of attainder it's going to jt is going to try to do it at the state level or at the city level and he's going to try to impose it on businesses mm -hmm. to force them to 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 agree to some that they have violated something that they've never done and and that they've just made the best deal they could from whomever maybe yeah. they you know who knows whether there's women involved it, or not or what you well, know. and, and I wonder how they come up with the numbers none of that is going to be clear it's going to be clear as mud for the very <laughs> reason Cassidy for the very reason Cassidy that that <laughs> that that they are using somebody like Cassidy as a pawn if she isn't complicit in the whole thing to sell this idea that that the government has a place beyond just the mere protection of of individual rights right. and remember gt but thank you oldham and gt bynum's uh, comments can only be pointed at the lowest level of uh industry and business uh, look how uh, they they use 
uh, the pay equity leaders. This is this is again from from the uh, mayor's commission on the status of women, which sounds like stalking to me. I'm telling you, if I was like, yeah, I do a, I do a thing where I've got a status of women. They're like, damn, <laughs> I got binders filled with yeah. the status of women. Anyway, Tom, so Tom? no, not yet. <laughs> Okay, go back to that picture when you're done with your point. Not, yeah. So my point is, Oldham is saying, look, they're going to press these bills of attainder. It's all about influence through registration and 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 registration of licenses. So here's the pay equity leaders. Here's where they're going to use their influencers. Yeah. The city of Tulsa. Well, that's yeah. not a that's not a that's not a private sector or anything. Arvest Bank, BOK Financial. Both those are uh, banking. Those those are under the thumb of the state. Okay, <laughs> Hilti. This is a national organization that's run by by uh, standards and global. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're outside the county, ladies. Here's here's a Lobick Taylor Family Foundation. Which oh, is, that's Kathy Taylor. Which is Kathy Taylor. So here here it is. Uh, uh, GT Bynum's love the ph philanthropic yeah. uh, adventure where I don't get any uh, zero representation yeah. from Kathy Taylor's Family Foundation. Here's the Matrix Service. I think that's again money. Don't they yeah. cash checks? Public service. Oh look how. Look how uh, private sector they are. Har, har, har. Schnocky, Turbo, and Frank. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, uh, that's a big law firm. So so they got lawyers to back up the bullshit. Yeah. Seltzer, uh, Schaefer, Architects. There's guys that want to build stuff. TPCU. Yeah. Uh, basically, 95% credit unions are like the, uh, uh, the schools uh, run by women. Tulsa County. That is not private sector. Tulsa International Airport. Yeah. They're not private. Okay. Tulsa Regional Chamber. Private? No. 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 Thank you. Play Hard LLC. What's that? It's an LLC. <laughs> and plus, the, so all we know is paper. ain't nobody paying the price because it's an LLC. <laughs> yeah. All right. Main I'm not done. I told you I was going to do this all night. Mainspring yeah. Retail. What the hell is that? Nobody knows. Devco. Anybody? We are not men. Are we not men? What's that? Nobody knows. Hydrate you, mobile IV. God knows I'm thirsty. It's a medical service. Sure it is. And if you die, Tulsa cares. Trust me. Consumer okay, Affairs. All right. <laughs> no, Consumer Affairs. You guys are really affairs, nice. I can tell you something about. My son is in management at Consumer Affairs. You met my son. All right. My you're oldest in son. All yeah. Right. You know, so I'm going to say, but they are legitimate, a web service and, and, and who, uh, who are we talking about? My son, Jonathan, consumer no, affairs. he were oh, consumer affairs. All right. Yeah. And I'd ask you to leave that up because I want to go back to the picture. All right. Go back to the picture. You want me to? Yeah. Just that picture. Uh, and, okay, and while you're bringing it up, I'm, I'm going to say, remember what we were told by Ken Reddick, the power of the mayor is to appoint people to boards and commissions. I thought that was me. Well, Reddit. Well, I heard. No, I think Reddit I was interviewing. I was the guy who said they don't fear me because I have a lack of of, of know, experience. They fear me because I can appoint people uh, to this. Right. Good point. You brought it up the night we were interviewing Ken Reddick, and that's why. Yeah. I so and, and so, let me also just because you mentioned it. 
and I was ready. Here are the commissions and authorities and, and it's there, that are, uh, and, and let me just say, there are uh, 175 of them. Okay, and then when I ran for mayor, they didn't fear me because I didn't have experience in running government. They feared me, and they feared Reddick, and they fear any newcomer like Trump because he can appoint people Absolutely. to these commissions. Animal welfare, animal, animal. Look at this. Board of Adjustment, city, contractors. You get down here to, oh, the IMSA people. Oh, look at this. Housing. Who's got a lot of property to sell? GT Bynum. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yahoo. And we're going to control the Indian nation because why? Uh, the Gert magician. Woo-hoo. Here we go. Transit Authority. Wee! Regional. Oh, stormwater. You know how expensive it is to get stormwater. Oh, my God. The Tulsa City Council runs everything. And then, oh, my God. Oh, and you know the Tulsa Performing Arts Center. They got to have what they got to have. And we do it for the children. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fascism. These are, gover these are businesses, many of them, who do a lot of their business in partnership with government. That, that first list that you went through. You know? So, you know, uh, 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 and again, another guy you work with, Alexander Hamilton. You knew okay. him or his... Think yeah, he with his that, secretary. You know, Aaron Burr, the jerk, shot him, killed him. Well, he had it I coming. Wasn't there that day. Alexander I Hamilton. I can't believe you keep being, bringing this up. Alexander Hamilton, my least favorite founding father. Yeah. You stick by me, Oldham. He knew a lot of stuff about stuff, but he Aaron wanted Burr to. didn't like him much either. Well, he picked a fight with Burr, who was the finest shot in the land. He wanted to duel with Burr because Hamilton had a desire to die as a warrior for his country. But he was a weak, little sickly man, and he never could fight in an army. They, they just sent him to make cookies. And so, so he never could die in battle for his country, and he always wanted to. So finally, he, 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 he uh, picked a fight with... Aaron Burr, the finest duelist in the land, and then uh, Burr picked him off. Because, I mean, Hamilton was asking for it. Uh, you know what? And this brings up a point. Hamilton was Me? a bright guy. Yeah. I did? Yes. I brought up a point? Yes. Fantastic. Well, you set me up. This is T-ball, and I'm going to swing, okay? <laughs> Hamilton was a pretty bright guy. He was a yes. smart guy. The was difference is his philosophy for what government should look like was much different. And I'm going to make this point. I think Oldham's going to be my amen corner. Let's see. On that. Let's see. Let's see. What's more important than your intelligence is your philosophy of the role of government. Your world. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So it's not that we got to find the best, the brightest, the smartest, the Oxford scholars. We got to find people who value the principles that made our country great, that were founded upon. Correct. It's yeah. the philosophy that gets people into trouble. Having the wrong philosophy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Trump's problem was he wasn't a constitutionalist. He was a populist. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. And all too much of popular opinion is illegal. Yeah. Just, well, sometimes well, well, you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Just, yeah. wrong Literal choice of words. It's lawless. Yeah. Lawless. And so when you when you want to get the <sighs> vote, what do you have to do? You have to promote lawlessness. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's, I'm, that's not Trump necessarily. This is just in general politics in general, the nature of politics. 
So mm -hmm. rather than correcting the populace, you've got these these leaders who mm -hmm. vote lawlessness because it's going to get them more elected. Yeah. I, you know, I was in a meeting with uh, Amanda Teagarden and she pointed out something I thought was brilliant. You know, she said when we were talking about who's running for legislature, she said physicians have historically made horrible legislators. Yeah. You know, physicians, because yeah. their philosophy is more about, uh, you know, it's like Nathan Dom said. They got a God complex. They train them to have a God complex in medical school. And, you know, when you got a God complex, you become an Irvin Yin. And what happened to him? He was, you know, we ran him out because he's taken away our rights. <laughs> well, he's trying to anyway. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. We're going to reset again, uh, gentlemen, because we've got more to go. And plus, you yeah. two guys also have one or two things to say yeah. besides whatever I'm talking about Monday, every Monday here at 3D Politics Live. I'm your fine host, Tommy McKay, your verbal Viking. Find me at verbalviking.com. And we are going to reset. Take yourself out, guys. Here we go. We're going to reset for the top. Okay. Ready? That's right. Every Monday night, 3D Politics Live with David Oldham, David Van, and Tommy McKay. We're going to reset at the top here, and it goes something like this. The American Constitutional Republic. Affairs of State in Oklahoma. The beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics. Oh yeah, kiddies, here we are again with me, your fine host, comedian, political humorist, father of five, and formal Tulsa. <laughs> Former Tulsa mayoral candidate, Tommy McKay, the verbal Viking, and joining me, David Van, creator of Sooner Politics, expert on Oklahoma state government, state vice chair candidate, and of course, David Oldham, founder and scholar, constitutionalgrounds.com. Now, listen, I got to get back to this. Uh, we're talking about the wage gap once again. Uh, from the Cassidy Mud story from March 10th out of KTUL Tulsa. And one of the things she points out here that I want to make sure and bring up, uh, I doubt we'll get this deep again. Employers, she says, who commit to pay equity can positively impact employee morale, turnover and retention rates, and increase employee performance. And let me just say, that I learned from a beautiful, brilliant guy named Scotty Gunther. He taught me that one size does not fit all individuals, that treating everyone with the same, treating everyone the same and then expecting the same results is insane. 
If you take away creative and emotional performance differences, that leads to more turnover and that leads to worse morale and that leads to to worse retention rates and worse employee performance. Everything the ladies want to do is 180 degrees out of phase with reality. Instead of like the founding fathers looking at reality and reflecting that and building a system that is working on what is real, like libertarians, the ladies come together and say, but the world shouldn't be the way it is. And if we only had global control over everything, we could make everything perfect. The problem here is the ladies want to judge everything on how much of a woman you are, but they don't test for estrogen levels. The fact is every man has estrogen. Every woman has a level of estrogen. So if you're going to judge us on how much of a woman we are, we're going to have to do estrogen levels to balance out the wage gap, ladies. Man, what do you got? I, I'm, you How know, do you this follow has been that? Over an hour on this topic. I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> you know? Oh, really? Well, well how about I, that? I've I've already dug a hole for myself with a lot of the people. Well, let me just refer. Well, then let me finish it off for you. Now that I've also referenced Scotty, Scotty Gunther, uh, Alexander Hamilton, he said a power over a man's subsistence amounts to power over his will. As G.T. Bynum and the ladies there at the status for stalking women wants to control my wife's ability to contract for her own labor, uh, apparently they want power over my wife's will. And let's not forget uh, wherever a woman is deprived, men are deprived of the opportunity to give birth. Did you know that? Yeah. Men are deprived of that opportunity, and therefore, men are deprived of the experience of a, the mother's love for their children. Yeah, a well, man. Then, then, then there should be a law that that prohibits the government from prohibiting us from having children. But well, I don't think that law exists. So, Van. Okay, see, so you said you were done, but I'm not. That's the problem we have here. Go ahead, Van. I just want to say, yes, we should try to achieve equality, but we will never achieve identical treatment, and nor should we. We should never be treated identical because we're not identical. Exactly. We should be treated appropriately Equally. to Equally. our abilities and, 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 and gifts that we bring well, that, that come naturally to individuals. Yeah. Remember Hillary Clinton said uh, she wants to uh, support a broad base of programs that will help people get ahead? Yeah. How can you get ahead and also stay equal at the same well, time? The best way to promote women and men is government get the hell out of the way. Yep. Socialism, uh, socialism naturally occurs in organizations that place group association before individual personhood. Feminism is a perfect example of this kind of collectivist groupthink. Feminist desire to promote females based only upon a presumed existing genitalia. The wage gap is not rationalized according to the fallacy of statistical composite of a woman, not an actual woman. Like I was saying before, the wage, you cannot find me a woman that delivers exactly the same work 
as some compatriot and everything is exactly this. Have you ever hired and fired anybody? Really? Oh, like yeah. if you've been running, if you've been done any business where you, have you ever met any two individuals that deliver exactly everything the same every day, except for their gender? Okay. But they don't, that's the, they don't, that's the fact is. So here, here's my punchline and believe me, can you imagine I have more? I got more, but I'm not going to, here's the deal. If women are going to take 80% to the man's everything and wage is a function of responsibility, wouldn't it follow that women can be credited with receiving only 80% of the blame they're entitled to? Like if they're in trouble and it's all screwed up because they don't make it, isn't it, isn't it at least, you know, 80, it's, it's, it's more their fault, right? Well, yeah, but you know, some things we definitely, I mean, like, you know, female teachers who molest little boys they get off with probation or that's right she's too pretty to go to jail yeah but if it's a guy my god 10 to 20 years minimum you can only get the wage gap by skewing the numbers in the aggregate of the data-driven government Okay, you don't actually know a woman who works for 80% of the going rate. Hillary Clinton didn't get 80% of the wage for being Secretary of State. Ronda Rousey, who wins a fight, doesn't get 80% of the purse. Okay, all corporate jobs are prescribed with minimums and maximums. Salary range has nothing to do with genitalia. What does have to do with genitalia is the porn industry. The vulva is favored. Ladies make up to four times the man for the exact same job description. Okay, the wage gap numbers don't figure prostitution or the right. porn industry. Okay, right. and here's where it's just totally full of crap. Literally. Okay, they do not figure in where women benefit. Okay, so the wage gap is a total myth. You can't get there until you use the data-driven aggregate of mathematical extrapolation, which is the problem with G.T. Bynum wanting to run the city according to data-driven mathematical extrapolation. Yeah. This is yeah. the problem. So, yeah. Tom, you're saying that what G.T. would be doing would be okay if he first made sure that men in the porn industry got paid equally. Basically, yes. Let's do it this way. Let's make sure that all women... To check. Actually, you're right on it, Oldham. You're right on it. Because to finish this off for Van's sake, because he's like, I can't believe we talked about porn all night long. Uh, uh, because that's where... Look how... See how polite I am now that I'm a grandpa. Insane, Oldham, you, you are, you, Oldham, you're exactly right. Because the problem with the wage gap concept theory is that women don't make equal according to each woman. So before we argue about how much a woman makes according to a man, prove to me that all women make exactly the same amount of money according to all women that deliver the same service and then when you've got your numbers squared away for the women then we'll square it away with the men yeah. okay but until then don't argue back and forth about every man's dollar and then when I say produce me the woman that earns 16 cents less they say that's not what we mean okay well you know, and, and Tom, deprive me of childbirth. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> thank you, Oldham. You, I needed you, that. You right. baited me. Now I got another point. All right. Thank you, man. Okay. Finally. You, you, you know I'm how. Done. I'm done. I'm not done. I got more, but I'm done. 
all these Hollywood celebs that all, you know, along with their publicists, come up with the perfect causes for them to be, you know, advocating for. Because that's yeah. part of how you become a celebrity and you have staying power is you start advocating on behalf of people that can't speak up for themselves or for whatever. Right. Well, how about that high school drama teachers should get paid the same as movie actors and actresses get paid. I want to see a movie actor, actress who actually advocates for that. They don't, you know why? Because they benefit at the top end because of supply and demand. You know, it's the same reason why the high school baseball coach doesn't get paid as much as, you know, as A-Rod does. Why? Because of supply and demand. It's the marketplace. Well, yeah, you're getting into creator. If I put on a basketball clinic at the BOK, nobody's showing up. But if yeah. Westbrook puts it on, everybody, he creates wealth. He gets a higher wage. Yeah. And, Tom, when I've hired people, I've hired a lot of people, you know, uh, a chain of stores I used to manage, you know, and I would sometimes get people with incredible resumes. They're overqualified. And I would just have to say, look, I'm not saying what you're worth. I'm saying what this job is worth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're paying this much because this is what this job is worth in the marketplace. You can take it. You can leave it. It's, it's up to you. You know, and sometimes I would avoid hiring somebody who's overqualified. Why? Because I know they wouldn't be sticking around. That's important to businesses, somebody they can count on. That, and that's why, back to my earlier point about women who enter and leave the workforce. This is a detriment to them. As a whole, that's part of the reason why they're not only making 84 cents. But it's not the, only to them. It's a detriment to anybody who leaves the team. You yes. leave the team, you come back. It's right. a detriment. You, you, you're not here. You haven't been here. Right. It's, not, it's not because, oh, you're a woman. Women. You know, uh, I come back as a women. man. Oh, you haven't been here, but right. it's okay because you're a guy. Right. You it's know? not because they're women. It's because statistically women leave the, and en enter and leave the marketplace. See, you know, you, you just lit my feet. The only place that a woman's vulva has anything to do with making money is in the porn or prostitution industry. There is no legitimate business anywhere in America that says, you know what, honey, we'll hire you, but we're going to pay you 20% less. She just, and what woman accepts it? My God, women break the cycle. If you're freaking abused, quit working for 20% less. If I could just say, there's a brilliant guy, the formula of the laborer, which has won him these victories, is not give me what is fair yeah. or what I can live upon, these question-begging phrases, which has duped him before, but give me that for which I can contract. Who said that, boys? You don't know, so I'll give you the answer. His name was Thomas McKay, 1849 to 1912, from a book called The State and Charity by Thomas McKay. Wow. Not what can I live upon, what is fair, but what can I contract for, Oldham? Because this is them getting into my personal contract. And when you women are allowed to personally contract, 
outside of government, they make four times the man and his genitalia in the porn and prostitution industry. You're listening to the Verbal Viking from theverbalviking.com. Tommy McKay, unafraid to plunder perspicuously into any conversation, along with David Oldham and David Van politely sitting next to me as we go through the waves. Gentlemen, that is all I have for now on the wage front, but I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these ladies pretending that they're victims and then killing babies because they own their own body. I'm sick of it. Okay. All right. Who wants to go? um, Both of you men are married to women who are not into the victim mentality. They're very competent business people. You know, and so we're not saying this about all women, right? We're saying this about people who want to pull all these chains to get something they haven't earned. This is the point. There's no such thing as monolithic all women. All women don't make. All women don't think. All women aren't this. All women aren't that. I mean, this is ridiculous cancel culture where every, listen, if the guy I asked to cut my board in half at Lowe's and I say, cut this board in half and the moron asked me, how long is it? There's a problem. Now, if I cannot hold him accountable for being a moron, who do I hold accountable? Entire institutions and establishments must fall. If we cannot hold an individual uh, responsible, then entire institutions must fall. All of Lowe's comes down. All of their training facilities. All of the public schools comes down. Every institution comes down. If you cannot hold individuals responsible, then you can. You, you must fail all institutions, especially the public schools, that's run primarily by women. My God, it's insane. Van, what's going on at the state level? Well, a couple of things. I just got a call from a senator today. I, I'd reached oh, out to him. Tell us. Um, tell us about it. We had been talking. This is a follow-up on, on a piece of legislation that's going to totally overhaul medical marijuana. We're going to cap and, and put a freeze, uh, according to this bill, on, on new licenses. It's, it's going to turn us into a West Coast model for delivery of medical marijuana. The problem is... All of the testimony we heard on the House floor a couple of weeks ago was just gratuitous assertions. No actual sources, no actual quotes, no actual data. And so I uh, talking with Senator James Lee Wright of, of Commerce Committee, who he got this bill. Um, I encouraged him and said, call for an interim study, hold over the bill till next year and do an interim study. I think he likes that. I'm encouraging people to give him a call, tell him, you know, that, hey, we need to actually have evidence that there's a problem before we start destroying whole industries, you know. And here's the other thing. They say, well, we're going to do this so we can get rid of the black market. And Oldham will tell you this. Anything you regulate more, you are fostering black markets for. And not regulating, not proper regulation, prohibiting. So right. well, you yeah. create smuggling. They, they, I'm it, using their speak. They'll call it regulating, but the more well, let's, regulations. Let's what it is, because their yeah. speak is lies. So let's not use lies to, yeah. you know, try I was to. No, but my it's point. The, they, <laughs> no, I got you, though. I hear both of you, and they create, the minute they prohibit, they, they create smugglers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, 
And so this bill would actually create a worse problem in the name of killing that problem. We're just going to make more laws against this and get really tougher on it. And people will just say, gee, I guess I don't want black market. I will pay twice what I'm paying now on the legitimate market. Now, mind you, I am all for this bill. Why is I that? want this bill to pass. Why? Because it will finally, maybe, possibly wake people up to the, the violent and egregious nature of 788 and all prohibition and, and licensing schemes. Remind people with seven remind people like me who are just out of it all the time. What is 788? Okay, well 788 remember was the 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 licensing and the legalization of medical marijuana. State uh, question. Ah yes, that's why I'm out people. of it all the time. It was a state question. It was put to the people. And, and the as people. I was told today um, we voted for it, and I said we didn't vote for it. Y'all did, but you don't. You didn't get a vote on my right. And and this is a further attack on individual rights. Yeah. From every angle, my angle as a as a as a prospective um, seller, my angle as a buyer, my angle as a patient, everything is attacked through prohibition. The very fact that we can't just get whatever we need when we need it from whomever we can get it from is the problem with whatever we have. Okay. Like and, even and, in addition, like medical attention. Yeah. Uh, case well, in point. Yeah, I mean, we should be able to get it from whomever. I'm saying we they, want, however we want. They okay. they control they control medical attention as as well as they yeah. do marijuana. Okay. Van, what do you got? No. Case in point, part of the constitutional amendment back in, uh, what, 1818 that brought us prohibition? Uh, you mean 1918? Uh, 1918, I'm sorry. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, these. you've been right. around for a while, yeah. you outlander. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it's like an outlander. It was actually included in that constitutional language for you to get a prescription for medical liquor. Correct. And it would well, cost you, the, you in the statute. There was in, not in the constitutional. What well, right? Yeah, provision. but you, it was right. okay. So <laughs> even though we called it medical liquor, it was still prohibition. Right. Okay. So the same thing is true here. We are currently under marijuana prohibition. We have license for medical marijuana. It's still prohibition. Correct. And until yeah. prohibition goes away. Um, and, and 788 is furthering prohibition, and that's why nobody gets a vote on it. Um, because again, you cannot vote on somebody else's property, namely their rights. You can't vote on their liberty, you can't vote their liberty away, you can't vote their liberty nothing. You can't right. do anything because you Hold them. have no let, let me get the people up to speed on this to back you up. Right. On this day, 90 years ago, marijuana was fully legal in Oklahoma. Liquor was a federal crime, okay? All we would have to do to restore liberty is just get rid of every statute that we've had prohibiting it and just leave it alone. Don't even mention it. That's Correct. what liberty is, right? Correct. Correct. And it's the same thing with gambling. The reason you have 
illegal gambling establishments and you have you have the mafia involved with that or cartels or whatever is because of the prohibition if we have if it's legal then what governments place in any of these things is proper regulations in other words don't defraud and then oversee that you know the tables are are okay. are level and they're not skewed yeah. and that the dice aren't loaded and and that everybody's paying their debts when they lose okay now this is not currently what you're presenting here is in its merest purest form liberty correct right now given where we're at it's not yet political palatable to the majority they're, because they're well, so tied up in their fear they want security and so they're willing to give up liberty to get whatever well, security and, and here's the point government and this is the conundrum um, is that government's job is to protect the minority from the majority yeah. in other words there's a go to war with the majority if necessary if that majority is attacking us and 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 harming us yeah. and that's what's going on but the conundrum is they have to get elected and they want yeah. that majority's approval so therefore they end up usually going ahead and going with the lawlessness and allowing it rather yeah. than educating the majority that they right. have no no right Just, to what they want is this is back to the 17th amendment as long as the senators are popularly elected there's no reason for them to be held accountable to the state legislature's yeah, uh, representation. Yeah, they're right. just on their own little game, you know. They're, they're right. not now, held accountable to anything. Yeah, but there's an important principle in that this legislation is being pushed just on gratuitous assertions, a claim that there are these global cartels that are controlling the Oklahoma medical marijuana market. Nothing and there's no evidence. The truth. Nothing yeah. can be further from the truth. But, well, exactly, but but what's it will be here. It will be because yes. as was rightly yes. pointed out by legislators and, to me, and this is why I had a great conversation with a very respected Senator James Lee Wright, Chairman of the Commerce Committee, and I said, just tell them to put up evidence, to bring testimony. Let's do it in the right way. I said they could have done it last year, they didn't. And uh, I think he, I think it's likely we're going to hold over this bill and not act on it, but actually, actually have testimony. The other thing that's going on is the uh, funding mechanisms to actually fund enforcement. Now, again, Oldham, you disagree with this. You don't think there should be enforcement on this. You know, the legislative mindset is if we're going to have rules, we got to have the funding to enforce the rules. And uh, that's well, kind of where they're going to go. Again, remember, prohibition can have no enforcement because it's illegal itself. Wow. And, and, and so that would be a criminal act by everybody in government who, who first off funds it and then second goes out and does the enforcement and then upholds it in court. Yeah. The, um, uh, and so that, yes, I have a problem okay. with, yeah. but having proper rules yes it needs enforcement well i don't want to see any that bill passed through our legislature based on falsehood lies and just made up narratives that have no backing oh like 788 in the first place like prohibition like. in the first place <laughs> so, see that's the point 
is this is just this you know is what exactly i was what making my is. point on, okay? man let the man speak hold well, on what you well, saying? No, no, he no, was no. he was turning my point into his and my point has its own standing well, i understand where you're coming from but i want this to go to hell in a handbasket <laughs> that's the point you I want, want the poison pill go i want this to to finally wake people up there is nothing good about prohibition nothing what is AK? What is okay for you? Think of the bill. Uh that's uh, actually Chip um, Paul, and he was on our show. Yeah, but what did he say it. about it? Uh, you guys yeah, got the memory. He said this is a violation of a basic understanding he had with the legislature. There were three parts in it. You know, you're not going to have the state making up rules about who's qualified we're going to leave that to doctors you're not going to put any limits on any licenses that's going to be marketplace driven and then thirdly you're not going to prohibit the patient from being able to grow their own medicine you know and it's that so second in other words, point. he's pro he's pro prohibition he's for prohibition just in it just limited a little bit he negotiated he negotiated a truce and that's what he did. There is, you're negotiating with the mafia. That's Chip Paul. Yeah. I'm sorry, but nobody will call Chip Paul the criminal he is. The now, hold him. Yes. You yes. are in trouble. Yes, he is He is a criminal. Along no. With everybody else who's going along with prohibition. Uh, you know everybody what? Is, it put, up, put up the statute. I want to see the statute. Yeah. What, what I don't know. You criminal? can't call him a criminal. He's a criminal because he's violating the rest of our rights and working well, to violate the okay. rest of our rights. You mean symbolically by advocating for his position, he's a criminal. He's, he's symbolically. You mean symbolically. He, he cannot advocate for something that is violative of other people's rights. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Wow. Since got, so since everybody who disagrees <laughs> with your philosophy is now, now a criminal. Now, now, Van, no, 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 now no, you're no. in trouble. Everybody's in trouble. It's not about my, my <laughs> belief. It's about our rights. He cannot vote away or further the violation of my rights. Because of 788, he can I vote. can't use pot. Oh, I can't he can. legally use pot. He can because I refuse to go along with the with the extortion scheme of licensing. Okay. So okay? everybody who voted for 788. Oh my god, yes. I cannot believe we've got a fight. We have a fight. Yes, they are all we have a literal fight between the Davids. <laughs> all hands on deck. We have a fight on the, the Davids. <laughs> Well, you know, now that we put this All in right. proper context, again, is yeah, he's, uh, Oldham is saying everybody who voted for it is a criminal. Yes, because they are furthering promotion. promotion you guys prohibition. All right, you're listening. Supposedly better. It is still the illegal scheme of everything else. It's just like everybody who's participating in social okay. security. All right, both couples uh, is, is acting criminally. They're receiving both couples. There's uh, both couples are listening uh, out there to David Van and David Oldham. I was able to push them together like two crawdads long enough until they fought. So they usually get along till I get here. And then I just push them together till they fight. Uh, 
And so, no, we here at 3D Politics, uh, Tommy McKay, your verbal Viking, David Van, SoonerPolitics.org, and David Oldham, ConstitutionalGrounds.com. We come together each week, every Monday, to talk about how we can define your freedom, my freedom, and our freedom according to all things constitutional and moral. And uh, as always, you know, we stop to make sure that everybody here gets a chance to know that we support the American Constitutional Republic. And we talk about the affairs of state here in Oklahoma. And we also include the beliefs, the principles, opinions, and the views of people like me, mostly, because I do an hour and a half on nothing but the wage gap. And notice how I left my crude joke out from last week. But I got it last week, so why use it again this week? I'm a pro. I don't have to redo jokes. I write them every week. Here we go. <laughs> David Van, David Oldham, here we go again with the platform called 3D Politics. Three columns of individual thought coming together to fight for your independence to be who you are while we are fighting to be who we are. Uh, so uh, more and more and more. So uh, uh, again, uh, Chip Paul's been on the show. We've talked about the stuff. Um, it seems like to me there is a disconnect. Uh, uh, there, there, there's an obvious uh, uh, progression of people. Uh, it's self-desire. What do they call it? Self-interest. Uh, and people are working towards their self-interest. The American economy was built uh, along those lines. The system was built to uh, 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 represent the uh, people's voice of each state, according to a legislature that would then appoint people to go to the feds called senators. And we jacked the whole thing up. And the main cog, I would say, that's becoming an issue for me, the verbal Viking, every week here in 3D Politics is the 17th Amendment. If we cannot ask our senators to obey our legislatures, uh, how can we ask our mayors to obey our governors? And how can we ask our children to obey our teachers? Gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah. How to, how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. It's because I kill it. I knock it right out of the park every week. Yeah. yeah the, I want another constitutional minute here. I don't. <laughs> well, the, yeah. Right. Are we ready? Shall we do sure, it? Sure, why not? Sure. Okay. If man's ready, I'm always uh, ready. You know, this, it, it's, it's actually apropos because, because what I wanted to talk about tonight was being equal. And what that means and and show you from the Constitution that we actually that codification that was a, a line taken from the Declaration of Independence. Okay. We know the line, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that that we are endowed with our or that we all men are created equal and are endowed with by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Yeah. And and what does it mean to be equal? It means basically that we all have the same rights, as it yeah. continues saying. 
Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to show um, very quickly that this was actually codified. It's it's not a made up thing or anything like that. It's actually codified into the into I was looking up the 18th Amendment um, yeah. into the into the Constitution, and it started in the Articles. And they said that the citizens of each state shall be entitled to the privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Right. And this is why I get so worked up over over these laws of prohibition, these these egregious acts. Yeah. Because because I am afforded, I am entitled, it says, to the privileges. Well, what's the privilege of being a citizen? Freedom. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And right. and that Freedom. America is the bastion of freedom. We fought a revolution for freedom, for establishment of justice and law and order. Do you realize that, that the Declaration, we, we actually were fighting for a restoral of law and order because the king was outside of his bounds. Mm -hmm. they, the kings had all signed through the Magna Carta and, and four or five other uh, agreements with the people. They, they had limited their, their scope of, of responsibility and authority, and the people had rights. Well, the king came along and said, no, and he treated us differently over in the colonies than he yeah. did the regular British citizens. That's he right. actually taxed us more. Yep. And, and so we weren't uh, being afforded the privileges of all other Britons. Yeah. And so they made sure that they codified this concept into our constitution. We were all to have the same privileges, mm -hmm. the privilege of liberty, the privilege of having you know, justice um, provided for us on our behalf. And we were to be entitled to the immunities of free people. What does that mean? That the exercise of our liberty so long as it doesn't harm other people, mm -hmm. is to remain free, and we are not to be punished for the exercise of those liberties. Yeah. Well, what does every single solitary law of prohibition do? It, it, it removes that privilege yeah. and says, no, you are not free. You are now subject to us. Yeah. Now, it... The, it then goes on, and the, the, the federal government and the states, they didn't do a very good job. Reshare uh, if you have to. I, I know, killed I, it because I wanted to look at you. They, they didn't do a very good job of keeping everything together and really abiding by Article 4. So what happened was rather than enforce the article – the 14th Amendment came with the Civil War, or right after the Civil War, and what, they, what, what happened was they, had to, they felt they had to restate what was already in the Articles. Right. And what they did was they wrote the 14th Amendment, and you can see here where I've got it highlighted. It says, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of yeah. law, nor deny to any person within mm -hmm. its jurisdiction the yeah. equal protection yeah. of the laws. In other words, restating 
the four, Article Four and the Fifth Amendment. Yep. And and this is the this is the um, the problem that we have with with anything, whether it be a mask mandate, a dictate, mm. or a prohibition, which is another form of a dictate. Okay. Um, a wage, uh, a minimum wage dictate. It's the same thing. All right, Van's got a Van's got a thing. Let's clarify. When these are constitutional amendments, these are things that the people vote on. Sometimes they're demands of the people, and that to say that the federal government came up with this. No, this was done because the federal government was corrupt in not honoring. Uh, the the original constitution. Well, it was the the federal judiciary basically gave the green light yeah. gave the green light to the the states in 1833 yeah. to viol to violate people's rights yeah. because they said the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to the states; it only limits the federal government. It was a court case. Yeah. The the thing is, it was a lie. It was a mm. it was a lie, like so many court cases yeah. and the and the judgments of okay. the courts. It, they lie. Okay. Can I apply? So, can I apply this to uh, a very recent court ruling? I think was yeah. foundational. It's called the Tennessee Winery case. Don't know if you okay. followed that, but okay. um, this was just a few years ago. And as a result, our own Attorney General uh, Mike Hunter went to Scott Fetgatter and said, "You've got to change a bunch of these laws on medical marijuana." One of the things was a two-year waiting period after you become an Oklahoma resident before you can apply to get a license. In the Tennessee winery case, it was very much the same thing as about becoming a licensed winery. Right. And they said, no, you cannot put an added burden on somebody else from another state uh, that your own state doesn't have. And so right. as, as soon as people come into your jurisdiction, they have to be treated equally. And putting the two-year, and we've done this for years in Oklahoma on liquor. We've done it on a lot of things. So I think this is an application. I have to commend our current court here, just a few years ago anyway, for stepping up on this. Because I think it goes to your point. Well, the problem is that they missed the, the broader point, the bigger point. And that is that the government doesn't have the right to prohibit in the first place. Remember, every law of prohibition, every licensing scheme mm -hmm. starts with the law of prohibition. Yeah, I understand. And then extorts back to you your right okay. to then but do the very thing that is prohibited. I, I, I got that. And that's your point. The point they were arguing, or at least the people who brought the case, were simply saying in the narrow sense, they said, we should be treated the same as people who've lived in Tennessee Correct. for years. Correct. And on that, they uh, that ruling was correct. Well, and and that's that. a safe ruling, in the sense that it still <laughs> upholds prohibition, yeah. and and but you know, it's fair. You the, if, appearance that now if the plaintiffs are seeking certain relief and they get the relief they came to get, then that was justice done as they requested it. Sure, you know. I know you had an agenda far beyond there, no, but you I, weren't I a party know. to the case. Okay, this is this is this is fair. I know we always chide Oldham for 
continue, you know, it's like he holds up the flag all the time. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, you continually hold up the flag. Yeah. It's like, yes. And he's like, yeah, but you all, all you ever do is say, here's what's right. Yes. He says, you know, like, yeah. so, so it does, it, it, it seems to people that can easily lose sight of the bigger picture yeah. uh, that, um, to continually ring the bell, well, that's unconstitutional. Well, that's unconstitutional. And, in fact, that's uh, – what about this? Yes, in fact, that's also unconstitutional. It sounds like, well, that's just – it becomes absurd to the people who don't understand Oldham's uh, linear thought on this, okay? So uh, they are unconstitutional, and all these things are correct. Exactly like he says, it's literally insane. Uh, and what they're doing is literally against the law. Now, what I'm saying is public opinion rules the day, whether it's constitutional or not constitutional. What we know is exactly. that we built a country because our founding fathers were brilliant enough to make a, a, a constitutional uh, individual freedom popular. And, and what we have right now is a bunch of sheep out there. Peggy from the Tulsa opinion world, Tulsa world opinion, who she's like, well, you know, everybody should hunker down, you know? So what I'm saying is yes, Oldham is correct. All these things are unconstitutional. Like it says, and van is correct. That is Oldham just because it's unconstitutional. Doesn't mean you saying it's unconstitutional changes a damn thing. And that's where I come in is that we've got to find an incremental movement between the standard bearer of Oldham's constitutional effect. Just like I cannot tell you how I loved last week, Oldham. I fought with everybody and you're the only person who said, yes, GT Bynum should in, in some way, shape or form acquiesce to the governor's uh, call. The governor said, get off the mask thing. And GT Bynum said, not so fast. Yeah. It's like, you know, just eat me, man. Who obeys who around here? Okay, so so um, it's true. Oldham holds the standard bear, but we have to find incremental answers and solutions to well, get to where we're headed. And, Oldham. And, and to that point, it it really it starts with acknowledge the truth. Then we can figure out, okay, what can we do? How do we get from yeah. where we're at to where we're going? And, and that's just it. Understand. You're listening to David Oldham from constitutionalgrounds.com. And I am Tommy McKay from verbalviking.com. Here comes David Van from soonerpolitics.org. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm echoing point. his point. You, you know, unscrambling eggs is a process. And it's not going to be as slick as, you know, snapping your finger and boom, we got it. So it's a process. And the hardest part about it is weaning people off of this, you know, the teat of the sow, you know, of the government taking care of and protecting us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but so. I think I think the first thing we have to do is we have to resolve in our in our own hearts and minds what these things really are. We have to call yeah. them what they are. Yeah. And that's the that's that's step one. I mean, what's the first step in every single twelve step program, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's honesty. It's acknowledgement of your problem, and that mm -hmm. is 
that the you know in so many of these things you know when you're on the government mm -hmm. case, it's a socialist program it's an illegal program that's stealing yeah. from people yeah other people through taxation yeah and and it's always been illegal they've never had the right to do that why yeah. because they, they we all have the right to our own property if yeah. you want charity get it yeah but 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 it's got to be voluntary otherwise it's not charity yeah and yeah. and there's therein lies the step one when it's get to step one and that's the trick and that's what i'm why i'm harping so long so long and hard about this stuff is i'm just trying to get people to yeah. step one and yeah. then we'll get to step two but you can't get to step two until you've gotten to step one well i think we all have to agree you know what's the principle we should go by and it's going to take courage for people to actually adapt it and for most of us it's going to be a slow process i'm going to take a step okay if that works good i'll take another step and that and this is why we have to be careful in setting it up to wean the people the masses you know well, they're going to have remember they're going to have to do it themselves it's just like alcoholism or any other um thing where people are addicted to something yeah. and that is that they have to come to a point where they want off yeah. and and for some people it's it's the dealing yeah. with the government and the headaches of dealing uh, with them they just want out from under other yeah. times it's it's the fact that that their own conscience gets the better of yeah. them and so the bad put the pressure on that yeah now you'll agree with me the bad actors of this is the politicians who want to make government bigger so they have more control so they can social engineer and make themselves look like you know the puppet sure. masters of society sure and and that, i would say even worse are the ones who are deceptive and are doing that but mm. saying they're not and yeah saying they're against it and mm. and those almost tend to be more on our side of the aisle than yeah than on the other because we're much more deceptive about yeah. it and we try the whole time we before I, we vote yes i have to tell you i talked to a lawmaker today he says dave i'm struggling with this bill he says you know i'm i'm a liberty guy but they want to make uh drive-through mixed drinks available so you could just pull up to drive through like you do at starbucks but instead you're getting a martini or a rum and yeah. coke well you know and that's where it's like where's that a problem if the person so, is still driving responsibly right right the because the problem here is that the, the problem isn't in the philosophy of whether you should drive and drink or not the problem is in the transference of authority of government to the institution that's doing the selling there's yeah. no reason well, the people well, that are that. selling yeah. should be doing the governance of the people who are buying that's not their job and and that's that's number one that's one the other is the giant assumption that because somebody uh like in louisiana where you can go up and buy the drive through the drive-through you can buy spirits through the drive-through okay and oh yeah you can hear but they have to be prepackaged. hold them go yeah, ahead no, anyway but the the point is that there's this giant assumption that because it's been bought through the drive-through that automatically means that the person doing the purchasing will drive is then yeah. driving drunk and driving and drunk. that is that is a that is the assumption that everybody has to make to make this whole thing seem okay it's yeah. a bill of attainder and, there's and, no due process there's no there's no probable cause yeah. and really 
Oldham, and what must that driver's parents be like? <laughs> oh, thank you, GT McKay. <laughs> uh, so, Just come on. Hey, uh, oh can God. I tell you one other? I had a good conversation with the school board member. Tell him. Uh, tell rural us. district yesterday. He said his school district, he's on the board, and this is a businessman. This is not some commie lib. He's, he's very conservative. He said 25% of their enrollment last school, last fall, switched over to Epic. And he's like, you know, does that change? Is that going to change? Yeah, they are coming back and stuff. And I encouraged him. I said, do not dismantle your online delivery of education. You guys spent some money doing it. I said, fact is, you guys need to take on Epic. You know, and he's like, can we do that? I said, yeah, you can do it. And I said, well, maybe you probably should set up a charter school because public school districts can sponsor charter school, um, I think, to, to some degree anyway. But, you know, I said, look, I'm for whatever gives parents more choices, more freedom. Amen. And stuff, you know, and uh, I said, until we dismantle it all together, I support a GI Bill for kids. You know, the money goes with the kids, whether they're going to go to private, public, or whatever. You know? What yeah. is that? I've seen that, and I liked it. But what is it, the GI thing? Kid? Well, it's it's using the imagery of our GI Bill for veterans coming back from foreign wars. Yeah, after World War II. And many of those veterans then went on to law school, or they went on whatever, and they could go to a public or private university. Right. It was a benefit, just like the Pell Grants, that, you know, any, uh, you know, certified or just somewhat, you know, credible deal could could get, you know, get that benefit and provide it. It was an education benefit. I think even some trade school. Well, right. Trade and schools. so is basically saying, okay, why don't we do the same thing for kids? Right. Take that money, have it follow the kids. Now, Oldham as a purist would say government shouldn't be spending money on that, you know? But, well, you know, yeah, me, they don't, they him, don't have the right, hey, but as that. long as they are, <laughs> It needs to be. It needs to be something, uh, you know, that is better than what they're doing. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and this is it. And thank you, Oldham, because I want people to see Oldham understands the incrementalness that we have to do. We just can't lose sight of where we're going. Exactly. Our, if yes. I could only get people to just acknowledge, look, yeah. this, this is suck. This sucks. It's it's theft. It's illegal. But yeah. okay, let's. But there's got to be something. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but always be working for, to the end goal, which is, you know, that it's all yeah. private because quite frankly, you take away all the, all the government money, the same yeah. money will be there. It yeah. will all come back. It yeah. will come back through ways uh, you can't see right now, but it will be there. I guarantee it. Okay. And it will be an equal amount. Uh, a great religious uh, leader who David Oldham once picketed his crusade said, Americans have just enough religion to keep us away from God. In other words, we buy a counterfeit for true spirituality. We call it religiousness. Well, we buy just enough license. We think we have liberty as long as the license right. isn't too tough. And that's a problem. We can't get caught in that. Right. I well, never saw Holden. And, and that Let's was... all sing Kumbaya. <laughs> I never saw Oldham at one of my crusades. <laughs> didn't yeah. need to go, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a big audience. So there's probably didn't hear no, I, I I've been at a couple of those things. It's like, okay, I hate this guy, but but 
but I really feel bad. I mean, I, I like my stomach was churning inside because the turnout was so low. He like rented a football stadium and then he had a few hundred people show up. Oh it was horrible. Gosh, and that... I just felt bad for the guy because, you know, he spent thousands. See, but, David even has a soul. I have a soft spot. <laughs> nice? Even for bad people yeah, who have no soul. Yeah. Um, but the, um, the, now I forgot my point. <laughs> I got a big, you know, tonight I do have a big finish, but with now, all yeah. uh, Van, have you done, have That's you done your state stuff tonight? Uh, no, what, that was pretty much it. Other than that, running, uh, before we get to the constitutional minute and then my big finish, uh, uh, Van, you've been just, you really committed yourself to the cause. I mean, you're, you're now running for state, uh, GOP vice chair. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a big deal. I've I've run yeah. a campaign before. I've run for office, and it's mm -hmm. it takes uh, uh, before anybody gets to contend with you about whether you can this or that. You have to contend with yourself, and you mm -hmm. you've already had to do that. So you've decided to put yourself out there. Yeah, and yeah. so what's uh, to finish off the van report? Uh, what's going on with the front of the GOP at the state level, vice chair? Oh, you know, we've just been going around trying to hit as many places. You can't get to every place. Um, you know, there's just some things you just can't be in two places at once. And that, trying my best. That has to change, Van. We've yeah, got I know. To get more out of you. And got uh, to be in two places at once, yeah. maybe three. Anyway, what I Go never ahead. thought I would. High stop. expectations, Van. High uh, expectations. Okay. What I never thought I'd see is the day that I'm seen as the historian of the party. And it's God, I thought you were the guy, Zeno. Uh, I'm sorry, is, that's the last one. That's uh, it, man, I swear. Yeah, so this this is, uh, you know, some of the things that we've learned in years gone by, some of the people kind of want to have to relearn those lessons. And I think it's important. But at the same time, we've got to update and change. I think there's a lot of good ideas. Pam Pollard and I talked a, uh, a week ago about some of the changes she wants to see made. I think we have uh, some agreement on there. And I think you're gonna see there's a real desire to reform the structure and flow of our party. Hmm. That's excellent. You well, know, we'll have and, to talk about that because I've, I've never heard Pam actually have a good idea. No, but but a lot of people don't do not understand uh, what I'll just say gravitas that comes with David Van. David Van has been around for uh, ever, and uh, you should see the pictures of him in the '90s. Very handsome, very handsome. I know it's surprising. Oh my God, he's a handsome guy. I thought, who is this guy? You know, uh, but uh, uh, not only that, but very instrumental in a lot of stuff. And so, uh, uh, yeah, Van's been around for a long time. So uh, that that comes with a lot of information there, Van. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you've heard me say tonight some things uh, complimenting some people that, you know, I think if, if we're going to criticize people, we also have to, at least I'll say for myself, I always try to find something good to say about something, uh, someone, if I had to say something bad about them, because not because of who they are, because of who I am. We have to be careful not to just totally trash or we like we need a boogeyman in order to further our cause. I'm sorry, but you know what? I haven't found any boogeymen in Oklahoma. I found people that may be misguided, but I haven't seen all that many evil hearts. Yeah, that's you. You uh, literally uh, you endorse me in the mayor's campaign for the same reason. I'm not a boogeyman. 
Yeah. And uh, the other thing he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, Van. No, I appreciate it. There, there was only three endorsements that really counted in 2016 to me, and that was David Van and uh, the Tulsa Beacon with Charlie yeah. Biggs yeah. and uh, and Michael Bates with Bates Line. Yeah. I got all yeah. three of them. And, of course, you know, you're not going to – I didn't uh, – all – all Pat Campbell wanted was, do you have name recognition? But yeah. the people who mattered looked at who says what uh, about what is uh, right. In and other I words, said, how much money are you going to spend advertising? I didn't, and, and Van knew me. I don't have any money. His wife, on the other hand. Yeah. No, but I, don't, you know, I should say I should say this just to piggyback on what you're you're saying. That that getting the word out about people and helping them get name recognition mm-hmm. is all important. And I think that's the job in media. Um, I think that, that 3D politics is, has just to blow our own horn is, is helping in that, especially yeah. in the U S Senate race. Yeah. So far we have, we are, really? as to my knowledge, we are the only, the only news source that has interviewed the two contenders mm-hmm. uh, besides the incumbent. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and, it is getting shared around now because people are coming and asking about it and, mm. and, and, you know, we're sharing it. We're okay. Able because to that's the main thing for me is that it's not about, Oh, look, uh, 3d politics and those guys da da da. What it is, is, is the truth being had? Are people sharing the truth about these candidates? Is the word right. getting out, et cetera. That's the main yeah. thing. Well, I think yeah. and because people have, have heard, now they're starting to hear about Lawmire. Uh, they hadn't heard about David D'Ambroso yet. There's plenty of time to come for that. I mean, it's over a year now before the before the the primaries, and so there's time for name recognition to be built by everybody. But people are now able to choose. Um, one thing that has surprised me is how quickly people glom onto a candidate before they've even heard the others um and and they've just they're all in they've all decided there's no other right. one that could be better and i'm like wait a minute there could be so many others that we at 3d i'm sure will be will wow. be interviewing but but yeah i'm just i'm shocked well, we, that will glom on yeah you guys we got a we got a hard break believe it or not because I, we're I so say. entertaining this election, this election's an, uh, a referendum on James Lankford. It's not about that. It's about James Lankford. Best thing that happened is you guys are here with me tonight, like you are every night on Mondays here uh, at uh, 3D Politics. Because, you know, we kick it and we kick it and we kick it hard. <laughs> Uh, that's right. 3D Politics Live every Monday as we blow through another couple of hours. Uh, Van, what you said, uh, what you were saying was uh, uh, the stuff that happens every year happens every year. I think that's what you said. <laughs> I'm sure I said that sometime. I think that's what you said. Okay. Well, the the last thing he said was that this will be a referendum. Uh, this election will be a referendum on James Langford. Thank yeah. you, Oldham. Actually, I think that this election could be a referendum about whether or not we want 
the Constitution versus, or a, and a constitutionalist versus James Langford. And I think that, um, especially with David D'Ambroso's entry into the race, that could be the topic and, and a serious topic. We could actually see some growth in Oklahoma politics from it. Um, well, right. I'm the... hopeful that, that, that Lawmeyer will become less of a novice as he goes, you know, along and, um, and, and become a constitutionalist himself. Himself. Well, he's open to learn like he was, uh, like he admitted on our show. And uh, uh, you're right that uh, uh, these people come into the race and we're seeing more people. Now, Van, you said there were going to be more people that might get into the race besides just Lawmeyer and Ambroso. Yeah, I don't have any names. I just expect there will be others. Right, right. Because how long have we got to go before it happens? Oh, uh, filing is in 13 months. So plenty of time for a lot of people to get in. Yeah. But what, like what Oldham was saying, uh, everybody is, uh, I say everybody, the electorate uh, is more tuned in to what's going on now than typically uh, every year before, which is what I was trying to say. Every year we get more and more people uh, and 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 younger people my yeah. my kids are more involved in politics than i was at their age yeah and so uh, people are more and more uh, and i think that's what happened during the original passage of the constitution was that uh the 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 people of the age become in, became interested in the idea of the constitution yeah individual freedom and it became a popular idea so it wasn't so old and what i'm saying to you is that it's not simply constitutionalism doesn't win the day just because it's constitutional that's constitutional who's not constitutional all that crap doesn't matter constitutionalism has to be popular okay okay it has to be sold i I want to say this In, in any political scientist will tell you when you're the incumbent and polling is done, it says, would you support in the upcoming race the incumbent or an unnamed opponent? You know, uh, the incumbent's always going to do worse in that poll until you actually put a name and a face and a set of policies and ideas and history behind yeah. that person. And so right now, Langford happens to be at a dip in his popularity. But Langford's going to have plenty of money, and he's probably going to dig into the the the, the foibles of his opponents, oh, and we're going to see their warts too. He he yeah. at Lang, Langford demurred to the establishment's uh, uh, desire during the January six bullcrap. So I mean, he's going to have establishment backing. You know, he's going to have the Vampirella that are going to come up from underneath to help him. Yeah. So I, you know, I, well, I just think, what do you got? Hold him. Oh, yeah. I, I just hope we, that he will come on the show. Then we can question him about some of the things that he's doing. Oh my gosh. Langford's oh, not coming on. Hey, uh, you let's, know what? Let's, Dylan let's, Goforth will come on before Langford comes on. You well, know what? We'll, I'll have a little we'll puppet see. contest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Guys, oh, do, do you remember the case that was brought out? And it was much later, but investigative journalism brought out about a man who was very sick with the flu, got arrested and put in the jail in Atoka and died in jail. Right. And he had no right. alcohol. And that driver. was the investigative work of Dylan Goforth. Okay. So. And he was wearing a toga? 
In the city of Atoka. Dylan Goforth was wearing a toga in Atoka? What? Yeah, doing man. investigative journalism. <laughs> I yes, can believe that. Somebody get a picture of that. I, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, Dylan's done some good things. He's had some very caustic comments on social media that I've had problems with, too. You know, I, I, I do. You know, you, you, so Look, I'm agreeing you're with a friend you. of Dylan's, that's fine. I don't care. No, I don't have a problem with Dylan. Just All respecting certain articles where he's dug up some things and called for justice that I thought was appropriate. I don't even know articles. What I know is that it is not allowable to uh, look. I, I'm yeah. a comedian. I'm a political humorist. I've been doing comedy in mm -hmm. Tulsa since uh, 1990. Yeah. You you do not get to joke, right? By saying I'm going to murder people. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Complicate the issue by saying I'm not joking. I'm yeah, like, I know. No, yeah, right. It's, it's I don't it's pretend to be as I don't pretend to be a serious journalist. He doesn't get to pretend to be a serious comedian. He needs to retract it. He absolutely, needs to absolutely apologize to me yeah. personally because apparently I'm the only guy that gives a damn. But uh, Bobby, whatever's Lorton doesn't care. Okay, Dylan Goforth doesn't care. The Frontier continues to not respond. This goes all the way back to summer of last year. Okay, we're coming yeah. up on a year. It yep. is literally irresponsible. Yeah. Now, I don't care. They, I, I can guarantee you because you guys probably don't know this. I'm three quarters psychic, and what I know is they think that I'm doing a bit here, and oh, he thinks he's going to get some sort of you know, like notoriety or exposure no. bitches. I've been around since 1990. I don't get exposure. Eat me. Yes. I do not get exposure. I'm not looking for it anymore. So the well, fact is all I do is state truth. And if all I'm doing in 10 years, when Dylan Goforth is accepting his Academy award of the Monica Lewinsky, I'm going to say, they're going to say, look at this. Yeah. It's, it won't be me. It'll be his own tweet if he doesn't right. get out from underneath it now. Absolutely. culture will bring Dylan Goforth down, not me. Not me. Right. You saw no. Canfield. Canfield ran for the hills. Once Canfield saw what was coming, he ran like hell. Yeah, I just want to say, and Dylan should do it, not because of who's calling on him to do the right thing, but because of who he is and what his own standards should be. If Dylan Goforth wants to come on the show to defend his little joke, I'll be yeah. glad to discuss it. Yeah. I just don't think he's man enough to do it. I've raised well, five kids. What, how many has he got? There you go. <laughs> that was just cheap, Tom. Yeah. That was cheap. Guys, it's been good. No, no. Oldham's got his constitutional minute, right? Oh, did you just, do it? We already covered he did it. a constitutional 10 minutes. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we're we almost done. Having Can you guys it? stick around for just one more thing? Yeah. Okay, sure. this is a deal that I remember at the bottom of the, um, what is it, the uh, Lady Liberty, right? She's got some right. words written, bring us your huddle, right? Right. Isn't that that one? Yeah, this one's right? too small. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. So here is, uh, you know how musicians do arrangements of music? Well, here's my arrangement uh, of this here. Uh, 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 this is uh, by me. Rid me of your minimum wage laws. 
pour out your uh, race and gender identity quotas, mm-hmm. huddle your welfare state into a yearning mass and hurl that entire wretched refuse of socialism off your teeming shore. Give the hopeless a free, give the homeless a free breathing economy lit by the lamp of capitalism, whereby those men can own the fruits of their labor through the right of exchange under the influence of contract without the interference from forced eleemosynary expenditure. Toss to the wind the tempest of your overtaxing Leviathan by escorting it out the golden door. Mm-hmm. And so the point is, bring us your huddled masses was written at a time when we were not burdened by the federal government telling us how much we could charge, not charge, pay or not pay for wage. And so bringing your huddled masses into a free economy was a wholly different uh, interest than bringing your huddled masses uh, where the government will tell you how to vote and what your government policy is going to be on education, et cetera, IA, et cetera, IA, et cetera, IA. Anything else, gentlemen? Oh, God. Since you're on memes, I'm just going to play Do this it. one. Do on it. The way There's out. no way yeah. to finish with that. There him. we go. There we go. It's uh, it's it's the master's prayer. Our masters who art in power, whatever be thy name, your kingdom won, your designs be done in our kids as it is at Harvard. Give us this day our neighbor's bread. Forgive our school debts as we've paid reparations and legislate us from temptation, but deliver us from all our history. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory from now till whenever. <laughs> Drink I your made that gin. up all by myself, Tom. That's Did you right. Really? <laughs> Drink your gin. Oh, I want reflect. it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we're going to beam these guys out one at a time. Uh, let's not forget. There he goes, David Oldham. Let's send him away. David Oldham, I appreciate you for being here. We'll see you guys next time, David Oldham. <laughs> David Van. Oh. David Van just beamed himself out. Maybe that was me. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. And there I go. And there goes 3D Politics. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>